0: Gotta love the classics, right? The reason I show you that clip this morning is that sometimes I think we approach God a little bit like the way Linus approaches the great pumpkin. That if we have enough sincerity, I mean if we're really sincere when we talk to God, He's going to give us what we want. But we also have the sense of if I say something wrong, if I do this the wrong way, then I'm doomed. God is just going to ignore me or God's going to do something bad to me because I didn't say stuff the right way when I talked to Him. And I think it points to a couple of misunderstandings or wrong understandings we have about prayer. First of all, that somehow prayer is all about getting what we want from God. Sometimes we approach prayer, okay, I'm going to tell God what I want Him to do and then He's going to do what I've asked Him to do. And if I pray it the right way, I mean, if everything is just how it should be, then God will give me what I want. But it seems to me when we look in Scripture, there's something more to prayer than just getting what we want out of God. And the second misunderstanding is, if we say the right words, that's really it. I mean, if we just get every word right then we're okay, otherwise our prayer is somehow going to be invalid. God won't listen to us. I I did a quick search this week on on Amazon for books about prayer, and I think it illustrates just this problem. The first several books were with these titles. Keys to Powerful Prayer. How to Pray for Healing, and that includes easy-to-follow, step-by-step instructions. Seven Steps to Effective Prayer. How to Pray, and that one has four steps to an effective prayer life. Perfect Praying, which includes five steps that make prayers work. Now if you read all those books and began to add up the steps and come to the 19 or 26 or 104 steps there are to an effective prayer, you might just be a little overwhelmed, right? We overcomplicate this. Somehow if I follow all these steps, God will listen to me. And we might get to the point that all this instruction, including from people like me, is so overwhelming that we're afraid to pray. We're pretty sure that if we open ourselves up to God, we're going to say the wrong thing, and then like Linus, we're doomed. God's not going to listen. So, we might as well just not pray. Because we're probably going to get it wrong anyway. And yet we know as Christians we have been called to talk to God. If we're followers of Jesus Christ, then we want to talk to the God who created us. As a matter of fact, in the process of developing the new mission and vision, one of the themes that the elders and I kept coming back to was, if we're a church that loves God and loves others, and certainly if we're a church that loves God, we will pray. So what does that look like in the life of our church? What does that mean for us as individuals? How do we become a church that, That praise. I want us to think about that today by looking at the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, right at the end of this letter. Paul has just laid out the armor of God. You can read through that in chapter 6 of Ephesians later on today if you'd like to. All the things we need to do to stay strong in our battle against sin and temptation. And then he continues that thought, and it really is a continuation of that understanding of this battle against evil. And he says we need to pray. And this is what he says, verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people pray also for me that whenever i speak words may be given so given me so that i will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in chains pray also that i may declare it fearlessly as i should now paul packs a lot in just those few verses especially verse 18 first of all he says pray in the spirit and you know when we hear that i think we're automatically just immediately thinking okay i i don't know how to do that what does that mean to pray in the spirit do i need to be in some kind of certain mood where i'm in touch with the spirit is there some kind of magic formula to that what do i do to pray in the spirit and that sounds so mysterious we're already thinking i'm going to do this wrong But i'm not sure it's as complicated as we might think if we look over in romans chapter 6 or romans chapter 8 rather paul tells us i think what he means when he says to pray in the spirit verse 26 in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for have you ever been there have you ever been in a situation where you just really didn't know what to pray for. It was so complicated, such a big problem, you didn't know how it could work out, so you didn't even know how to tell God, hey, this is where I am, and this is what I'd like for you to do. We did not even know what to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So what did Paul say is praying in the Spirit there? It's allowing the Spirit to speak for us to God. It's not nearly as complicated as we might want to make it. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes we may know sort of how things should work out, but we don't know how to put it into words. And sometimes we're just so desperate, we don't even use words. We just sort of cry out to God for His help. Or for His guidance. And what I think those two passages are telling us is, that's okay. Because the Spirit of God is there to take the words that we say and make them the words that we want to say. Or maybe to take just our feelings and translate them into what God needs to hear from us. That's the way the Spirit works in prayer. And so it's not getting some weird feeling or trying to get in tune with something. It's just praying that God would be at work through His Spirit to take our needs to Him. Okay, but then what? Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So whatever's going on in life. You know, sometimes I find it really easy to pray when, when everything's good in my life. You know, there's no worries. I'm not stressed out about anything. And I can really focus in on prayer. And that's a great time of prayer for me. It seems that other times... It, prayer looks very different. I mean, if something is going on in my family or or ministry or there's something happening in the church or whatever it may be, my prayer looks very different on those days where I'm just asking God for help. And it may be more difficult for me to pray in those times, especially to pray about anything but what's on my mind. But Paul says, pray on all occasions. Maybe it's an opportunity to give thanks. Maybe we're praising God. Or maybe we're just taking God our most basic needs because we don't know how to supply them. Either way, it is an opportunity for prayer. When we talked about worship, we said that worship should fill our whole lives. And if worship is filling our lives, then prayer is certainly going to be a part of that. So pray on all occasions. Good times and bad times, when we're celebrating and when we're crying, those are all opportunities for prayer, both in our lives as individuals, and in our life the church. So prayer even for the church is not just Sunday morning around the Lord's table or after we've mentioned some prayer needs. It should fill the life of the church. Pray in the Spirit. Pray on all occasions. And then Paul says, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now that seems just like one little short line that, yeah, I pray all the time and however you pray. But I think there's a lot of meaning there. It points to an important truth that I think we need to hear as people who sometimes struggle with how to pray, and that that is there is no perfect way to pray. There's no perfect solution, there's no certain words that we have to use. Here," Paul says, pray with all kinds of prayers and petitions, all kinds. There is not one magic way to pray. You know, I can remember when I was a kid going to church and they would have elders pray over the Lord's table or or the prayer where we talked about the needs of the congregation or it might be some other leader and thinking, man, I could never pray like that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to make a prayer sound like those guys can make a prayer sound. I'll never be able to do that. But what Paul's saying here is, You don't have to. There are no certain words that you have to repeat. There's nothing that's going to make the prayer right and make the prayer wrong. See, this is about opening our hearts with all kinds of prayers. Prayers where we're praising God, Prayers maybe where we're questioning God and asking Him why He's allowed something to happen. Prayers where we're pleading with God to do something. Prayers when we're thanking God for doing that thing that we asked. Those are all valid prayers. All kinds of prayers and petitions. Don't get stuck thinking, I'm going to do this wrong. Instead, take your prayer to God. And then Paul says toward the end of the passage, Praying for all the Lord's people. So we have this responsibility. Pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers for all the Lord's people. And he uses himself as an example. He says, pray for me. Pray that I will be able to declare the Gospel fearlessly. Now when I hear that, it's a little surprising to me. Because when I think of Paul, what I think of is this man in the book of Acts, who walks into a town where he's never been before, he goes to the synagogue, and he immediately begins to proclaim Jesus to whoever will listen. And then he shares it with the pagans after that. I don't think of Paul having any fear about sharing the message of Jesus. And yet, in this passage, he tells these Christians, hey, I'm dependent on you. I'm dependent on you to pray for me that God would give me strength To do what he's called me to do. I need you to pray that I would declare it fearlessly. With courage. And we need that from each other. We need to be praying for each other. Now the only way to do that is to get connected with other people in church. So you know what their needs are. You know what to pray for. You know where they're struggling. And what they want you to pray for. So if you took all that, all these different kinds of prayers and all occasions and for praying for all people, what do we learn from this? To me, it's a simple lesson. Prayer is communication, not incantation. What do I mean? Prayer is about the relationship that we have with God. The Creator of the universe has called you and me into a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus. He, wants, he already knows you, but He wants you to know Him. And part of that relationship is this communication that God created called prayer. Where we get to talk to God and tell Him what's going on in our lives and tell Him our struggles. And we get to open ourselves up to Him. We can be transparent with God in ways that we can be transparent with no one else. And that's exactly what He's called us to do. And prayer may also mean sitting quietly before God and allowing Him to speak into our lives. It's communication. It's relationship. It's not incantation. We are not declaring some magic word so that God has to do what we've asked Him to do. We don't control God that way. It's not the way it works. We open up to God. We speak. And we allow God to speak into us. But we can never control God. You know, sometimes we we talk about prayer and we say things like, you know, prayer works or I believe in the power of prayer. They're not bad things to say, but here's the deal. I don't believe in the power of prayer near as much as I believe in the power of the God I'm praying to. And it's not so much that prayer works, it's that God works. God's the one with the power. It's not me, and it's not my words. It's God. And we can't come up with some magic words that are going to control God and lead Him to do what we want Him to do just because we've said those words. So what does this look like in the life of the church? What does this mean for us? Well, I think in a very simple way, what it means is we need to pray and you say well that seems obvious it is obvious but it doesn't always work that way sometimes you know we can be we can want to know everything before we do something in other words we could do a 6 week bible study about prayer and we could have lessons in the evening that that tell you all different kinds of practices of prayer And we could read every Scripture, we could do an exhaustive study from Genesis to Revelation of every prayer and every command about prayer and know everything the Bible says about prayer. But you know what? We still would not have prayed. So we need to do it. Even though we may not have it all figured out and we may not have the God who stands behind prayer all figured out, we just need to start praying. You know, I could say, I want to learn to play the guitar. And I could read a book about it. And I could read a book on music theory and understand all the chord structures. I could see all that and understand patterns and all those things. But guess what? Until I actually pick up the guitar, I'm not going to learn how to play it. And until we pray, we can know a lot. But we're still not deepening our relationship with God. We're not talking to the God who created us until... We actually pray. And we need to do that. Now, of course, we had a team that talked about this line in our vision statement just like all the others. And this team worked really hard. It was really our prayer team that did this. But they tried to put together, okay, what does this look like in the life of our church and how can we better be a a church of prayer? And they talked about the fact that we need to have leadership that prays, right? We want that. Leadership that's more about taking, going to God in prayer at the beginning of something rather than waiting till things aren't working out. To make it our first response rather than our last response. To come together and have a weekend devoted to prayer and teaching on prayer. And we've got a speaker coming next year, David Butts, who teaches churches all over the country and all over the world about prayer. We're going to have him come in. And, and to make it something that's a part of the life of the church. And there's going to be a prayer event November 26th. Let me encourage you to, to come to that and be a part of that. It's going to be in the evening. That's three Sundays from now, 5.30 at night. And we're going to pray over our mission and vision. Now, some of you are thinking, well, what that sounds like is somebody's going to get up and talk for five minutes, and then we're going to you know, sit and be quiet for 45. And that's a little overwhelming, right? But that's really not what it's going to be like. It's going to be interactive. There's going to be a lot going on. You're going to have opportunities to pray in different ways. So come and be part of that evening. Now, I want to give you a couple resources for prayer as well. Um, the people who developed our new website also developed an app for prayer, and it's called Echo. Okay? You can go to your App Store or the iTunes, wherever you get your stuff for your iPad, your phone, your Google, whatever. It's available for all those. It's called Echo, E-C-H-O, and it is great. You can list all the things that you want to pray about. It keeps them active. You can look it up now. I won't scold you or anything. It's Okay. And you can download it, and then it it just scrolls through during your time of prayer. And spend as much time on each one as you would like to do. I think it would be a great way to keep track of your prayers. Also, we've got some little pads. I mean, there are people in the room who use a phone that flips, or they use one of those phones that's connected to the wall with a wire. I mean, if you're that person, it's okay. We've got some little pads that are available in the back, uh, just behind the windows. Let me encourage you to take one of those. I think it's good for us to keep track of our prayer. If you're like me, there's a lot of things you want to pray for. And if you don't write it down, I can start praying, and if I don't have some of those things in front of me, I won't remember them. So I need some kind of tool to help me remember the things that I told someone I would pray for or that I just want to pray about. So take one of those pads, download it on your phone, take a prayer list from the bulletin, pray over the events coming up, the people that are mentioned there, whatever it takes. Just pray. Let me encourage you to do something with prayer. Now today we have an activity that we want to share in as a church. You can see all the the cards that have been blowing in the wind throughout the worship service. And we want to uh, spend some time praying about those. Before I forget, do continue to post your pictures to Facebook. Um, Maybe it's something you're praying about this week, or someone you're praying about, whatever. Post those pictures, because that's been a great way to continue the witness of this. But these cards, let me tell you what we're going to do. Joy's going to come and play as we do this. Um, On these cards is listed a name on each card. If you put them all together, you would have all the kids at Vision Way Christian School and all the kids in our church that maybe go to school somewhere else. So it's all our church kids, all the kids from Vision Way Christian School. And what we'd like to do is for you in just a minute to get up and take one of those cards and pray for them, but not just today. We're going to pray together, but I'd like for you to take that card home, put it in your Bible, wherever it is, you're going to have it when you pray, and pray for that student every day during this school year. We'd like to have someone praying for every one of these students for the whole school year. And I, this came from our prayer team, and I think it's an awesome idea. It's something very simple that we can do to be a blessing. And we need everybody to do this. There's enough names that everyone needs to be involved. So what we're going to do, Joy's going to begin uh, to play. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you some time. Take your time. You can get up. Take a name. There's some here. There's some in the foyer. Just uh, take one card, and then come back to your seat. And we'll pray together. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for the opportunity to pray. It's a blessing you have given us to help our relationship with you to grow. And God, will help. we ask that you would help us to be the kind of people who turn to you for all our decisions and all the times that we want to bless other people and all the times that we have been blessed, that prayer would be our first response. Help us to be those kinds of people and that kind of church. God bless us in the next few minutes as we think about our students. Pray it in Jesus' name.